jump in. I think we're, yeah, 1022. Um, there might be some more gentlemen that come in as we are rolling. But I just want today to talk about the importance of men's ministry. And specifically, I hope give you some easy tools that you can go home and either maybe, how many of you don't have a real men's ministry, whatever that word real means, but you don't have one in your church. So there's a few. Uh, and then, so that means I'm assuming the rest of you do have a men's ministry at your church. So just started. And so this is my deal. We're going to get into the Bible a little bit. And then the end, maybe 20 at least minutes. We're just going to talk questions, ideas, thoughts, because uh, I think that that's so important. But I believe that a lot of times we want things to be finished products maybe before we even know what we're doing or <laughs> before. It. And so a lot of times it can be easy. Come on in, guys. But it can be easy to get discouraged. Like I, I don't have the time or the bandwidth, um, you know, whatever that is. So in the room, how many of you would say you're the leader of your men's group? So we've got a bunch of leaders. How many of you are volunteers that you do that as volunteer? You're not a pastor. Uh, so most of the ones that just said you're leading, you were volunteers, uh, which is perfect because uh, we recently had. So this would be our third year with our I'll call it our new form of men's ministry. Uh, how this happened, just a little quick uh, kind of background is a guy from our church, Jim McLean. He came up and said, we don't do anything for men. And it's like 100 percent. That would be correct. And he said, we should do something for men. And 100%, that would be correct, right? Uh, probably a bunch of people have been there in that situation. So he decided, I'm going to do something about it, and I'm just going to start. I'm going to start something. And so he got a group of people together that said, you like to go to a NASCAR race. Perfect. Could some other guys go with you? You like to shoot guns at a, a shooting range. Could some guys go with you? Uh, you like to go see movies. Could we advertise that and have guys go with you. And all of a sudden, this program, if you want to say, this started to happen where there's a whole list of events that we do at our church. It takes no work or very minimal work from the pastor, from me. Uh, I don't do a lot with it. I show up to events sometimes, not all of them, because I don't like, uh, I mean, I don't not like, but I don't go to the shooting range. So I don't normally go unless it's just for the guys that are there. But I love, I'm actually the NASCAR guy. I, I run the NASCAR event because I want to go and it gives me a great excuse to make it happen. Looks like there's one in the corner back there and one right up here and then one right there. Um, perfect. Uh, so all of a sudden we began to put this process together where people are like, what do you do for your men? And we're like, here's a whole list of things that we do for our men. Not one person doing all of those things. In fact, not one person last year, not even close, came to all of our men's events because it just, why, why does someone have to do that? And so I think sometimes we think this leader has to be a mighty man of God that has no, nothing else in their life to do but do men's ministry events. And if you're anything like everybody else in the room, nobody has time to do everything. No one has time to lead everything. And so we're going to talk about that uh, the, our last few minutes, our structure, what that looks like, uh, and just how that goes. But before we, before we do that, I want to just talk a little bit about some principles and some thoughts when it comes to, to leadership and to, to men specifically. So I just realized I hadn't opened my computer, so we'll do that with that. Um, and some things that I think are super important when it comes to men, to men's ministry, and just to, to leading guys. And, uh, you know, to me, the, the big thing is uh, thinking of our men, right, thinking of us many times. This might be, you know, a pastoral thing you've heard of, of, the, of the sheep and the shepherd. And there's this, this level of, of understanding that we've got a flock of people, in your case, if you're trying to lead men, you have a flock of men that they're at your church, that they need someone to come around them. They simply need that. If you just let a bunch of sheep go running wild and they're not in a fence and there's nobody taking care of them, then it's going to be a wild mess. And uh, I would say that maybe you've been in a place or maybe right now that's what you feel like. Your men's ministry or your men, they're just doing whatever they do randomly and it, it can be rough. Uh, but when we, when we think like a shepherd, we begin to corral a little bit. We get, begin to help. We begin to say, how can we spiritually pour into these guys? How can we relationally pour into these guys? Uh, you are in the room. You understand there is importance 
to relationship, whether guys want to think that or say that or not, we all need one another. If we don't have relationship, we get out on an island and it gets truthfully scary. If we're just doing our own thing all the time, it's no good. Come on in. I think right here might be your your chair to uh, to sit in. Uh, in First Peter five one through fourteen, it talks about the shepherd and the flock, but it talks about uh, that flock that is among you. And I think something important when we're thinking about our churches, our men of our church, is your job is not necessarily obviously we want to reach the lost, but right where you are, your job is the people that are among you. They're with you. To to think of it, the shepherd doesn't just go looking for other things and leave his sheep. Now, he will go after the one, right? He will go after someone to rescue, to pull them back. But whoever's right there with you, and it could be in your local congregation, among you is five or ten guys, that your goal is how maybe this year can I connect with every one of those ten guys once or twice. Maybe that's the goal. Uh, maybe your you're among you is a whole lot of men, and it's it's like I don't even know how to do this. Uh, but right where we are, it is so important, so accru- so crucial to say who's among me, who are these people, and then how can I make a difference? What does that look like? Um, when I think of this, uh, just kind of going with that, uh, being a, a shepherd, being someone that leads, is we have to be people who serve with enthusiasm. You know, if you lead and it's kind of like, well, I, we're here and uh, I'm not sure – now, even someone talking, if I'm talking and it's just kind of men's ministry, it's OK. You know, it's fine. No one's g- all of you are going to be like, I wish I could leave. Can I leave? Will anybody notice if I slip out right now? Because there has to be enthusiasm. There has to be a, a level of care. Um, in fact, I find it interesting in First Corinthians 10, uh, 1 through 13, but especially 7 through t- 10. It talks about uh, four acts of disobedience. It talks about idolatry, sexual immorality. Uh, putting God to the test, uh, you know, uh, about grumbling, basically, and putting God to the test. And there's something that happens when, as a man, I am grumbling, I'm complaining, everything is negative, there's not enthusiasm, that other guys don't want to be a part of it. Now, you might be able to get a few guys that they want to grumble and complain as well. Now, you can always do that. That's easy. Get a, you know, you can just bring those people. And everyone else is going to want no part of it because it's not life-giving. And we have to be people that are enthusiastic about what God is doing, first of all, right at your church, which means you need to be enthusiastic about what your pastor's doing, about uh, the, the direction of your church, that a men's ministry is not, well, they're not taking care of us, so uh, you know we're going to do it ourselves. If that's it, don't, don't run a men's ministry. Don't do it. But if you're enthusiastic about we're going to reach Ohio for Jesus, we're going to take care of the people that God has given us, we're going to uh, shepherd the people, then you're going to be in a position to thrive and to succeed. Not because you have all of the answers, but because you simply care and you're enthusiastic to say, I want relationship. I want you to have relationship with you because we grow and, and something happens when we get together, when we let God move us into what he has called us to do and, and who he's called us to be. You know, I, there's just something about it. I know as a pastor, if you know me or if you don't, just from this time, everybody always says, you're so energetic when you preach, which I'm like, that could be good and sometimes that could be bad, but I would much rather have extra enthusiasm to help somebody else who's not enthusiastic than be the opposite side. And be like, I just need to, I need to go get some encouragement after that, you know, time. And whatever men's ministry time, whatever time we get together, I want people to go encouraged. Does not mean that we didn't have a direct hard-hitting conversation or a, you know, that we didn't really get into the word or maybe sin was even pointed out or whatever the, the event or that moment's for, but that we're enthusiastic about what God's doing. Because I know personally, I am excited when God speaks to me, even if it's challenging. That's, I'm excited. Lord, do something in me. So we can be excited and let him move, whether it's going to a NASCAR race and taking kids or uh, adults who have never been to one. It's an interesting experience. In fact, I go in July. You all should come. It's great. Kentucky Motor Speedway. There's nothing like a NASCAR race if you've never been to one. Just the people and the experience. But we can have fun, whatever it is. Enjoy and let God move. Uh, There's another principle. So think like a shepherd, serve with enthusiasm, and lead by example. If you want to start anything and you want it to be good, you need to be able to have people follow you 
And you need to be able to have them. Or, you know, can you say, follow me you know, as I follow Christ? Because there's something that happens. And if you want an enthusiastic group, if you want a group that cares, if you want a group that really wants to go after God, it has to start with leadership. It has to start with, with someone that's just pumped about what God's doing and is ready to say, let's, let's do this. Let's see how God's going to move, how he's going to speak. And uh, so we have to lead by example. You know, I think the, the story of the wandering sheep in Luke 15, uh, where Jesus leaves the 99, I believe that there's guys in your church who they will notice if you and your men's group and the team that you put together, whatever that looks like, if you're getting out there and you're making it happen. You coming on in here? Let me grab a, a chair for you right here. I think we're all full. There it works. Uh, if they see that you care about each person that comes, that each person that you see every man, that is going to be something where they can follow. They can they can jump into what you're doing. We have to be leaders, and we have to do it by example. God is God wants to use you. I think a big part, even what we're going to talk about with just events and, and opportunities. Are that if you start something, if you start one little event a year and people see, oh, this is good, then all of a sudden people see, oh, I could do this too. I like, I like a, something. Every guy likes something. I could be a part of this. But jump out there. Do one thing. If you haven't started or if you're struggling, do one thing. Do it well. Let it be fun. Let it be encouraged. Let it be exciting or a Bible study. Let it be informative. Get into the word. All of a sudden they could say, I, I can be a part of this. And then mentor them, help them, help them grow to be all that God has called them to be. So think like a shepherd, serve with enthusiasm, lead by example, and then take the long view. It's very easy for us as humans to be busy and distracted. Anybody busy? <laughs> Anybody have a lot to do? Anybody even you signed up for this? You're like, oh, man, I don't have time. I don't. Yeah, yeah I, a bunch like, oh, boy. I don't know why I'm going to a men's ministry thing because we don't have it. Now you have to start it if we're going to do it. So, uh, but so often we want the flash in the pan moment. It's kind of like Netflix. Uh, back in the day, I loved 24. Anybody like 24 back in the day? There's a few of you. Uh, that was like my favorite. Literally my wife and I every, I forget what day it was. I think it moved a couple times through the eight or ten seasons. But we would wait for the day to come. And when that, that day we'd watch that episode wonderful but then we had to wait a week uh, now you get netflix and netflix throws out stranger things or whatever you know some series and i mean i'm way too christian and i would never do this but then you watch all 10 episodes in like two days right uh if you wait two days like it's just you do it right now you don't wait in the spirit and in the kingdom of god that's not a realistic thing like we could put together 57 events this is exciting look at this list look at how awesome we are but if it's not sustainable and if you can't actually accomplish it and you can't actually do it, it's a complete and utter waste. And the next time we try something, people are like, well, last time you did one thing and then it kind of fell apart. Or last time we were going to and it didn't happen. Well, last time. And I encourage you, take the long view. Start small. Start realistic. And then watch as God can grow something from simple to something that maybe you look back in three or four, even five years and say, look look what how did we get here what happened it's because you didn't try to do this when it was you by yourself but you just did a couple things that you could do things that you would do anyways and say hey guys could we do this talk to your pastor hey could could we turn our you know barbecue we always do this could we make that into a men's event and invite all the men of the church probably your pastor's gonna be like please please do you mind if i come do you mind if i hang out with you because uh, that takes relief, that does stress off of him. And all of a sudden, you've got a men's ministry because you invited some guys to be a part of what you do. Start in a way where you say, we're going to do one barbecue this summer. Maybe next summer you do two. Great. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do one again. But where you can do that. Or maybe you say, we're going to do, we want to have a Wednesday night or we want to do a men's Bible study. Start with a six-week week Bible study. Get guys to do a short-term thing. And they might be able to say six weeks. I can do six weeks and then take a month or two off before you do another. In other words, it doesn't have to be an every week of your life and every day. Got to uh, all this stuff. Bite sized chunks for you as leaders, as well as for your men 
who are going to say, I can sign up for six weeks. I'm not signing up for a 52-week thing that at the end I'm expected to do it again. Not very many of your guys will do that. In fact, we have our Wednesday night Bible study for men. They do it every Wednesday night. And there's like four or five or six guys, which is a perfect small group. By the way, if you didn't know, uh, small groups are supposed to be, you know, four, seven, somewhere in there. Once you get over 10, that's too many guys to actually have true conversation. So a lot of times we think we need 40 people. No, no, actually put four people around a table at uh, Starbucks or somewhere. That's a great small group. So don't feel discouraged, even if it's a a small group. That's the name of it. That's what it's supposed to be. Uh, But take the long view. Start with what you can do and what you can do well, and then see what God has you to do next session or next year or next time that may make a small group a little bit bigger or might make uh, one or two events into a few more events. And I believe God can honor that and he can bless that. We just started, kind of relaunched our life groups for our church, uh, I guess in September. So we're just kind of right, or I'm sorry, in January, we're just kind of right into it. And we've started now, it's a four-month session or a five-month session in the spring. There's a three-month September, October, November in the fall. There's summer off. There's a Christmas period off because people can say, oh, I can do five. Uh, That's 10. We do every other week. So I can do 10 times. I can commit to that. I can be at least to eight or nine of those, and then I'm done. And if I don't sign up, no one's coming after me and beating me with a club or, you know, where have you been? Uh, It's small. It's bite-sized. And then we believe that we started with seven. We believe maybe next time we'll have eight or nine or ten groups. But start with what you can do. And we were so pumped about seven groups. Uh, Our our goal was actually ten, but there's no negative to seven. I'm like, yes, seven committed people. And when it comes down to your men's ministry, you don't have to get every man in your church to be successful. Because if so, you're never going to be successful. And in fact, you don't have to do anything that is you know, going to go on to some website as the model men's ministry thing. Get three or four guys together and start it, whatever it is. And I believe that long term, you're going to be able to look back and say it went from three or four on a Tuesday morning breakfast to all of a sudden. Now we've got these different things and different opportunities. But if I wait until it's all ready, I've got my team set up. I've got everything. We've got 20 events, which is way too many in a year anyways. But 20 events, we're never going to do it. It's just not going to happen. So start small and take the long view that God, he's going he's gonna to work. You know, when you think of 1 Peter 5, 4, it talks about the eternal reward believers will receive. Uh, that's in heaven, right? So that's a super long view. And I think in the kingdom and spiritual, I mean, that's what we're talking about. If you are following God, obviously we love God. I mean, he, Jesus, he, they created us and made us who we are. And I mean, obviously we understand that. But the long view is pretty long that I'm going to deal with whatever I have to deal with on earth because someday I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus, right? I mean, who cares about the rest, truthfully? Who cares? And if that's the long view of our life, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to stay true to who God has made me to be. Let's act like that in our ministry with men, with whatever you do. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not a three-week thing. It's not just something that I do because I have to. No, I'm going to make a difference. And three or seven or ten, or maybe I get a lead a group that grows. And But it's, it's about getting people to heaven, and it's about being faithful to the call that God has put on me. Uh, it's not a career. It's not like your career. It's a call. So go with what God has called you. Be faithful and walk and step into that. So the last one, then we're going to uh, just start talking, be real, real, real practical uh, for the rest of our time together. Uh, is it, it's, it's spiritual leadership. Um, something that we've been working on and working towards in our church is we did have some really good groups, even in men's stuff. Uh, we had some good groups of people and started to realize that a bunch of those groups, there wasn't really a lot that was spiritual taking place beyond the fact that we're Christians, so therefore everything we do is spiritual. But there wasn't a lot of conversation. There wasn't a lot of, of direct, uh, just being purposeful in how we used our time. Whether it be, I mean, we... Uh, we have these crazy card nights. We play poker on maybe four or five times a year. We'll have 15, 20 guys come out. And at our poker night is some of our best discipleship stuff because we'll have guys that they don't normally come to church, or if they do, this is just a different environment. And we always start with some sort, maybe maybe or maybe not some sort of like a, a worship song. It just depends if someone's there that does that well. If not, 
don't do something for just because you should, you know, because you shouldn't. So, <laughs> uh, but then we have somebody just bring a three to five minute, not 10 minute, but three to five minute devotion. A lot of times we'll, you know, maybe we'll do something that goes around cards. And tonight, it's completely by chance what happened. <laughs> Unless you're really good, but you got to get the cards. And what do we do when life doesn't deal us what we think? Or, you know, just being practical to what we do and really turning every single thing we do. I want there to be a direct looking at the word of God, some sort of spiritual moment. Once again, it doesn't need to be a quarter or a half of the time for our poker nights. It's like three minutes. We want it to be short, sweet, preferably a little minute story in there, a minute looking at the Bible and a minute application where you get to leave with one thought. No matter what happened, you know, what, what cards I've been dealt, what happened in my physical body, God's with me. He's walking there. He's for me. And this group of guys, we're together. And if we're together, we're not going to fall. We're not going to be broken. You know, everything should, be, should come out of that. And if you are leading, you are a spiritual leader. If you didn't know that, if you're leading anything, you're a spiritual leader. Because once again, you are a follower of Jesus. Uh, if not, you probably should let your pastor know that uh, so that, you know, he can find somebody else. But you're a spiritual leader, so go after God. Go after the things of God. And, you know, the, the uh, parable of the talents is, to me, a really liberating, super liberating scripture. You may see people around you that everything they touch goes from five talents to ten talents. And you're like, I just want to be like that person. Well, guess what? I'm not a five-talent person. You're probably not a five-talent. That, that's, that's difficult. And if you are, I need, you need to teach this class. But the person with the two talents gets the same reward, the same thing spoken over. The only person that didn't get that reward was the person that buried their talent and said, I'm scared to mess up. It's not about how skilled you are, how awesome you are as a person, how much Bible knowledge, which you can work towards that, but how much Bible knowledge you have. It's about, Lord, you've called me in this moment for this session to lead some guys, to get some guys together, to encourage some guys. And are you using your one or three or five? Are, what, are you, what are you doing with it? Are you using it? Because if you are, well done. That's, that's all there is to it. The word is very clear. Well done. If we say, well, I don't have, I'm not the best speaker. I'm not the best this. I'm not the best at getting people together. Right? Then we're burying our talent. And that's when it doesn't look good. That's when we get sent away. And so when I, I think about this and I think about a room of guys, it's time for men of the church to stand up and say, I am a spiritual leader. I am a spiritual leader and I'm going to lead men. I'm going to lead people towards the things of God, no matter what it takes, no matter how insecure I am or what I think. Or if I really know what I'm doing, if I'm called, I'm simply going to do it. And when I do it, God's going to bless it. And if that's three or four guys, praise the Lord. That's good. Like, there's no negativity in that. And if my three or four guys turns into 30 or 40 guys, awesome. But the person that's leading three or four or five, I bless you. I believe God blesses you if you're doing what God has called you to do. And see what he might do. It's possible in this room you start something and some three-talent guy comes around and you get to equip them and empower them. You get to uh, use the talents that they've got and you get to grow something, not because you have all of the skill in the world, but because you were faithful to start. You were faithful to use what God gave you. And all of a sudden, because of a start, you're going to encourage and mentor and help somebody else that maybe takes it well beyond what you could have ever done. Awesome. That's, that's using what God has given you. And so whatever it is, I want every person in the room to be encouraged. You can lead. You can start a men's ministry. You can be a part of it. You can help your pastor. You can help your men's director, whatever role you are in. You can do it if you hear what God has and you just act upon it. And a lot of times that means maybe going into your senior pastor and saying, hey, I feel strongly about this. We need to do something. Is there any way I could help? Maybe he says, I'm, I'm I'm swamped. I don't know. And that's when maybe what we're going to talk about for the next 10, 15 uh, minutes, uh, that might be something where you can say, I've got, a, I've got an idea. I was at Synergy, this crazy idea. Uh, what do you think? And he might just say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? Because your pastor wants to have a strong men's ministry. It's important. 
Uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but if a man receives Jesus when his family's not, it's somewhere in the 90% of, of that family is going to come to know Jesus. If a kid, it's like 4 or 5%. If a, a, a wife, it's like 20-something percent or right in that range. There's something about men, the leadership role, how God created us. We have to reach men. We've got to have opportunity. I feel similarly to it as I do about youth group or young adult group. We need these things, but it looks different everywhere, and we're not going to all be whatever it is. James River, they have their men's stronger conference, and they have 8,000 people or whatever. No, that's not what you're called to do. That's not what I'm called to do. How do I lead three or four or five or maybe 10 or 15 or 20? Whatever that is in your how do I do that well? Because when that happens, we might see a guy that gives his life to Jesus, and that might mean a whole family, and that might mean a whole group of people that come to know Jesus. Because you took your talent, and you didn't bury it, but you said, I'm going to use it with everything within me. So you are all leaders. If you didn't know it, that's why you're at Synergy Leadership Conference here. You're all leaders, and it's time, if you're not, to not make excuses, it's time to say, yep, Lord, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to make it happen as long as you have the blessing of your pastor. Very, very important. Uh, if not, then just be faithful. Be faithful with what he would ask, of course. Uh, but if, if he's encouraging, if he's behind you, you have conversation, then let's do it. Let's start something like next month. Just have an event. Have people over. Go have a breakfast. That's what we're talking about. And let's make it happen. Awesome. Any questions on any of that? I want to pass out a few uh, things here. I hope, I think I have enough. If not, then we'll figure it out. But any questions? Perfect. Well, what I'm going to pass out here, these are just what we do at Radiant Life Church. These are kind of our, um, what's that right now? Uh, these are our events along with, I just put the, the men's names on the sheet, and I put the attendance of what they were. And the, I did that on purpose. Uh, we have a guy in our church that he keeps these statistics for us. And because I think it's important to realize just how many people are doing whatever it is. You can't really uh, grow or see see uh, just how things are unless you actually know how things are. Um, oh, man, I'm throwing stuff. But so basically, Basically, we started this because Jim McLean, who he's on these sheets that you will see. Okay, I think I think we, okay. I think we're gonna make it. Uh, but Jim McLean came and said, "We want to do something. How can we make this happen?" When he did, we said, "Jim, that's a really great question. We empower you to do whatever it is that you feel you should do." So that's basically how it went. Uh, when when he did, then he said, "Can I get a group of guys together?" Uh, that just like to do things and see what happens. So we literally started, our first meeting was with Jim McLean and about six or seven other guys who they came together and we talked about what do you like to do. That's literally what our meeting was. And we had John Dale, we had a guy who said, I love just studying the word. So what did John Dale do uh, on this sheet? He started a men's ministry thing on Wednesday night. He's been doing that now for several years. They get together, uh, and all the time, every month, or every week, I mean, they study something. So a book, uh, we've gone through several times now. A couple started over, 33 The Series, a really cool uh, series that is just great, helping men be men. Uh, we had some people on the list. You can kind of see now everybody has one uh, that do, like, movie nights. Or Robert Gross, Life of the Lost Fundraiser. So if you were at men's game, uh, game day last year, our men, they did a breakfast. They cooked for all of the people so that all of the, the money from that could go to Life for the Lost uh, and just help people jump into what God is doing. He loves cooking. He goes to all of the Columbus Crew games, and they have like a legit tailgate. So he's like, this is my thing. So three or four times a year, Robert Gross. He gets a group of guys together, and we do a breakfast and raise some money for whatever it is. Somehow, I don't know where he buys his food, but he'll spend $100 and feed like 100 people, and it's like full meal. I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how you do this, um, but he loves it. So Jim knew that. So Jim asked him to come be a part. Uh, we have 
Brett Ham, who he was already leading a golf group, like they already were doing it. So it's like, hey, could you come be a part of our team because you like to golf and a whole lot of other guys like to golf. And so we have a golf league that runs. We've got a golf scramble that they do at the end of that. We've got another one that's a fundraiser for uh, Royal Family Kids Camp to help our foster care ministry at our church. Uh, things that are already happening that we invited these guys. Hey, would you come and be a part of what we're working on? And instantly, just with some things we already were doing, we had three or four or five things that we didn't even realize. It's like, we kind of already have men's ministry. We just don't tell anybody. We don't know about it. We didn't even realize it ourselves. Uh, so we said, what are some things we could do as a church? And on the sheet, men's game night. Twice a year, normally in the spring and in the fall, we do men's game night. That's exactly what it sounds like in our environment. We have our gym, we open our gym, we play volleyball, we have our games, poker, whatever other games we play. Obviously not for money, if you're like, is this guy a Christian? But uh, So whatever game it is, we found poker to be one of the best ways to get non-church people, because they love it. They love the opportunity, and you don't lose money, you just get to have fun. It's a great way. We see people that come and jump in. So what's a way that you can do that? Uh, we, different times, it might be more organized. Other times, it's more bring some food. And we're just going to hang out like it doesn't have to take a lot of work. And guess what? You get guys together and guys hang out and they talk. And when they're ready to go home, they go home. And so it's you know, that's a, an easy one uh, on here. We had this last year in 2019. We had 47 guys that came to our men's movie night, which by far is the most of the any event that we had. Right. We had five go to a movie night. Guess what? Those five guys had a great time. They went and saw a movie. They went and ate. And you might look on this sheet and say five or three at a gun range. Those, those are terrible. And I see it exactly the opposite. I'm like, they probably had the best actual communication of all of these groups. That was probably very beneficial for those five guys or the gun range. Who cares what the number is? There were three guys. That's more than two. That's perfect. They got to have a wonderful time. And instead of this is a failure, no, this is wonderful. <laughs> Whether it's three or five, it makes no difference, or 47. It is, is something that uh, is just positive. We did a, a men's game or a men's barbecue. That's one of those things you could do anytime at anybody's house. Hey, bring your favorite meat. Like if you have no budget, that's awesome. You don't need to have a budget for almost any of this. Bring your favorite cut of meat. We're going to cook it all together and eat it. And you might have somebody that brings something kind of more exotic or something crazy or people bring fish and they bring steak and they bring chicken, whatever they want to do. I don't know why you bring chicken if you've got all the other stuff, but you know, whatever it is. So you don't have to have money. You don't have to have some great plan. It's just, oh, you like to cook. Let's do this. Everybody bring your own. Maybe I'll supply the drinks. It doesn't cost more than 20 bucks. You know, it's very, very realistic uh, to do any of these things. Uh, I, I left on here movie night, September uh, 13th. There's a no number there because guess what? Sometimes things just don't end up happening, right? And that's okay. So on our sheet, last year we had a different one, but we give out this at the beginning of the year. This is our goal, that we're going to do all of these things. However, there's a good chance that one or two just in the end won't happen because it is very uh, reliant on the person that's supposed to run it. If the person doesn't do it, guess what? The lead pastor is not going to make it happen because everything has to go exactly according to plan, right? That's not realistic. That, that doesn't need to happen. So instead, we just don't announce it. And no one shows up for a movie night that has no information at it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't just show up randomly because they don't know what it is, right? It's okay. Uh, we also, this year specifically, we've, we've tried, to, tried to make it easy for our ministry and our service opportunities to know. If you want to minister, if you want to uh, receive, uh, whether that be from our, our uh, Bible study times or whether that be, you know, uh, the opportunities to serve. Like we, I mentioned, the, be the breakfast or this year at game day, uh, we're going to do lunch for that. And that's going to be a light for lots lunch, which I'm the men's director. I would love to have you come to game day. It's going to be great. The very first booth down there, uh, Honor Bound Men's Ministry, uh, which they're in the corner. If you ride motorcycles or you know anybody, they would love to talk with you. And we would love to have you come to game day. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Scott Wilson's going to be there. If you've never heard of him, he is phenomenal. Uh, Friday night specifically, the rest is going to be great. I might, I might even be speaking on Saturday. But Friday night, he's going to be talking about uh, 
praying in the spirit and praying with understanding. He's going to be talking about being the spiritual leader and hearing what God has to say, that God wants to talk to you. Like he wants to talk to your men. I encourage you, come, bring guys. It's going to be fun. You will be, you will be encouraged. I, I absolutely guarantee it. Um, so it's going to be fun. But we're going to do the lunch for that. Once again, we'll get 15 of our guys together or so. They're going to cook probably on grill. Probably they're going to bring some grills from home. It's amazing. Guys love, if you didn't know, they love being a problem solver. So it's like, hey, we really need a grill. And Greg gets to be like, I've got a grill. And he gets to be the hero and bring his grill. He feels good. Everybody feels good. And everyone else gets to eat food. So, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, ask people, whatever those things are. But once again, you know, just there's the different areas at the bottom of the, I guess the third portion of this, it has some things that are just ongoing. Royal Family Kids Camp Club. This is, we would love at our church to have as many guys as possible do mentoring for foster care kids through our Royal Family Kids Camp. We'd love for them to be a part of Royal Family Kids Camp. So it can be on there. It's just all the time. You talk to John Dale, RFKC mentoring. Or the one is, I'm not sure what the difference in those are, actually. Uh, once again, I love being the pastor and not having to know everything. Because I would say, you should go talk to John Dale. He's the, he's the man, right? Uh, and then Royal Rangers, we have a, a large Royal Rangers group. And if your church has Royal Rangers, guess what they need? The men of the church to rally behind them. Uh, if they don't, uh, how can you, and as the men, mentor students? How can you do that? Uh, it's important. So we have those things on here so that they can see what they are, are. And then on the very back is our spiritual growth opportunities, which are our Wednesday nights. Every Wednesday night, they have the Bible study. And then 33, the series, which is in the spring, it begins and it's six weeks long. And in the fall, it begins and it's six weeks long. So where we're gonna have most of our men do those things, it's 12 weeks total in the year. And we found that we have much, much, much better success with two six week things then even six weeks and six weeks and six weeks and you know just we do it twice a year the guys love it because guess what at your church you know there's a whole lot of other stuff that's not men's ministry related or there's small groups or there's many other areas so you don't have to have the answer every day for every single thing now you might look at this sheet and say that seems like a lot of stuff the previous year on this on the the white sheet there's more things on this sheet than there are on this sheet. And there's a reason, because we decided this was a little bit too much. We literally talked about it. We've just relaunched life groups, which means now a lot of our men are in life groups. So we, we needed to pare back just a few things on the other side. And it's, it's great, but once again, maybe you do three or four of these and you put together a little pamphlet or just a little piece of paper. It doesn't have to be all designed by like a graphic designer, it could just be Normally, guys don't really care that much, so just some terrible-looking piece of paper, and you give it to them. If they can get the info, it's, oh, you guys care about men. And it's amazing that when guests come to your church, oh, so there's a possibility I could have a friend here. That's what this sheet of paper says. You care enough that maybe I could have a friend here. And you can do that right where you are, right in the situation of your church. What is it that you like to do? What is it that you want to do? What is your heart? And all of a sudden, just start it and see if there's not somebody else that would come alongside. Maybe the first session of something, they just help you. Hey, would you help me run this barbecue at my house? Would you help me do this Bible study? And then kind of groom them that next time, hey, what, what could you run? And all of a sudden, you go from one thing to two things. And maybe it happens again. And all of a sudden, that's how your church grows, if you didn't know. Because when people jump into leadership, they start doing they start helping others grow, and the, mentor, the mentoring just ripples down, the multiplication effect. So cool. Well, I am going to try to now not speak much based on, uh, except for to answer questions or thoughts. But what, any thoughts, any questions, any ideas that you have running around in your head, something that maybe uh, I kind of just got you thinking, or maybe you want direct, I'm trying to do this, as long as it's really short so we can go through a bunch, um, I can try to help out as much as I can. Yes. So this would be my number one thing is find the youngest mature guy that you would say he could be in leadership 
and ask him, hey, we need new life. You know, we need a new generation to be able to jump in and feel comfortable. What, is there something that you could do, an event you could run, something that could happen, that all of a sudden, maybe that person, I mean, they might be 30 or they might be 50, it doesn't matter, but where it's like, hey, there's somebody new, and you invite them along in that journey, and then see what that might be. Maybe they could do something. All of a sudden, your group gets younger. There's another element to your group, so now you've got more of a Bible study, and you've got somebody that just likes to cook, so let's bring some food over and open up that door for somebody that's younger. And they don't have to have all the answers. They don't have to know what they're doing because you'll be there, right? <laughs> you know, sort of a deal. And all of a sudden it gets younger just like that. But normally people are not going to say, a young guy's not gonna come up to you and say, hey, I've got this great idea I really wanna do. They don't wanna step on your toes. They, you know, that's generally not gonna happen. But if you ask them, you go, you know, talk with your guys. Hey, who would be somebody that's a little younger that we could invite to this circle? And maybe not even maybe not even to be a part of what you're doing. And that's maybe more difficult because maybe it doesn't fit with their schedule. But who could do something just different? And all of a sudden, then you've got two things. You've got your group that you've got, and you've got something else. You're reaching different people, and it begins that, that process. And that right there, you got a young youngest, I mean, Royal Rangers, and their parents, which are somewhere in between, and all of a sudden, people that, they didn't go to church. And it's amazing how when we think that way, okay, how could I get to that guy? Ah, in your case, let's have a camp out, father-son camp out. The dad's going to come because he wants to look like a good dad, right? <laughs> so he's going to come. And you never know what that, that thought just might do. So be creative within your way, but how do I get somebody younger to do it? And sometimes younger may not be a 25-year-old. There might not be a 25-year-old that you could do it. Now, there could be, in which case, they can fail. It's all right. If it doesn't go well, it's okay. Like, I think that's a huge thing, being willing to let someone fail. Now, hopefully we help them. It doesn't feel too bad. We don't want them to, like, run away scared. But you know what I'm saying? They, they don't have to be you and do it 100% uh, to be well worth helping someone grow and mature. Yeah, somebody else, question, thought? And so there's, there's a lot, and that's super important, uh, that there are many different studies and many different options out there. And whether you want a 40-minute video, I think that's kind of like, I mentioned 33, the series on this stuff. It's kind of a little more lengthy than I would normally think is the best. It's really in-depth. This is like super in-depth. Uh, all of your pastors should have, if you're a pastor, if you didn't know, should have Right Now Media because the, the national office gives it to them for free. A lot of times they don't know this, but... <laughs> Um, and there's great men's studies, great, and they're free if your pastor uh, lets you use that. And uh, right now, media is great. So then there's a whole bunch that you don't have to spend money on. Once again, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do something. In fact, you don't have to spend any money to start somewhere. And that's important. Not talking about you need a $15,000 budget or a $500 or a $50 budget. No, just do something that doesn't cost money. Meet at Starbucks and everyone gets their own coffee. It's free. It's perfect. You know, those sorts of things. Yeah, somebody else? Question, thought? Any questions maybe based on your group? Yep.
a lot of men feel very lonely when it comes down to actual relationships, a lot. So anything that's personal is so important. And I, I say that NASCAR race is the greatest men's trip because you drive there and then you uh, listen to cars go by and you can't talk to each other because it's too loud. <laughs> like, have you ever been there? Like, you're literally screaming in each other's ear. And so I kind of joke that it's perfect because you talk on the way, then you have three hours where you can't really talk that much unless there's a caution, they slow down. Uh, and then, you know, you drive home. So there's time for communication. There's time to just think and kind of be in your own world. Uh, but it's so important, communication, being there together. And on uh, our sheet, the second movie night, we decided this year that we, that a lot of men, one more night maybe away from their spouse isn't necessarily what they need. So one of our movie nights is going to be for men and women. So it, obviously if you're not married, then that could be awkward. But it's like, hey, bring somebody with you. You know, whatever it is, it's for – so in other words, it can be a couple. It can be as a single or bring your girlfriend, do whatever. And that's going to be a movie more it from the Christian perspective probably to help with marriage or relationships or growth. And all of a sudden it becomes a night where the women like it because they get to be a part. It's men doing something positive and hopefully where men grow spiritually, which is once again – the point. So women are always important to a married guy and getting him involved. Good. Yeah. we found huge success because some people just are not going to come on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. They work, they're tired, they're whatever. It doesn't matter. But they might come on Sunday morning an hour early because that's what – it's an hour. It's much less than driving and going home and all that. And so we've seen it. Right now we only have Sundays and Wednesdays. We've done it Sundays, Mondays, and Wednesdays. It just depends on guys that are open. And once again with numbers, we would prefer three groups of seven – over one group of 21 generally like that's better that's better so if you have if you would prefer monday night and you would prefer sunday morning and you'd prefer wednesday night then let's do three we've already got the curriculum it's all there and there's going to be other guys that need a sunday or a monday or a wednesday and then your numbers can be a little bit bigger and very very important and guys will miss one and they'll go to another one to catch you up because they don't want to miss it and got five more minutes although there's people out there uh, anybody else? Question, thought? Food is effective. Food is effective. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I would say we now never do anymore because it's just what we do. The maybe the for a while we didn't really publicly like speak it from the front just because it now it just isn't a problem. So you would have to know like number one, you want to be sure with your pastor something that maybe your pastor is like absolutely not. Well, then don't do that. Like your group, your event can go on without that, whatever that is. Uh, if, if your pastor just even feels uncomfortable, help him out. Say, nope, we're good. We'll do something else. Um, but if your pastor is like, I could care less as long as you're not throwing money in and gambling. Yeah. If it's going to be something where a guy might come, then great. Then do that. And it's not bad that one pastor or church is a little more traditional or just has a little different view on something. So I encourage you. Don't be like, well, that pastor said or synergy. Please don't do that. Don't say, <laughs> Pastor Chris said we should. No, 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 no. That, that is not it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but 100%, you have to do things that make sense to your church. And if you do something that is going to cause a problem, then your pastor is like, I hate men's <laughs> ministry because <laughs> it's a more of a problem than a, a blessing. Uh, however, if you, you your pastor will know, let's say it that way. If your pastor is scream, like, screaming in his chair like, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't told that. 
And we normally on those nights we'll have almost half that play poker and half that play volleyball or basketball and that sort of stuff. And with a few of that, those half either way just sit and they just watch because they don't really care to do any of it. And those people probably have the best actual time because they just talk with guys. <laughs> like, uh, so it's good, you know, whatever. But very important, fit it in with what your church actually is good with, you know. Yep. And generally, like our last one, and then I'm going to be closing down here in two minutes, but uh, our last one, we did 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes after, I mean, we have food and we do a little discipleship sort of thing. Uh, we did cornhole and spike ball and uh, some Frisbee games. And it was like scheduled, like a little mini tournament. And then after that tournament, everything else was free. If you play poker, you need to play because that's kind of a multiple hour game. Uh, you, it's a little more difficult just to go in and out. But everything else, if you want to do something, great. If you want to go home, great. That's fine. So it's an hour and a half is what kind of our schedule with a three-hour event, which means some people, they leave pretty much when the scheduled stuff's done. They're ready to go home. They're tired. It's been a long week. It's Friday night. And others, they're there until you shut the lights off or you bring out the vacuum to start cleaning up. Then they normally leave. But, <laughs> but awesome. Well, let me pray for you. I hope this has been encouraging. You can do something. That is the key. Start small. Let it grow naturally. Get other guys involved. If you feel like you're a little older or you feel like you only do one thing, find somebody that wants to do something different and invite them into the circle. And not everybody. Nobody goes to all of these events at our church. Nobody. I don't. Our men's director doesn't. In fact, our men's director normally doesn't come to our game nights which is kind of weird because to me, I'm, I'm like, that's the best one, the most people. But it just isn't his thing. And it's perfect because he doesn't need to be there because he does what works for him just like everybody else. And so it's a really cool environment when you can just be relaxed in who you are and who God made you to be. But Lord, we love you. Thank you for this awesome group of gentlemen. And Lord, I pray for the 20, 25 churches that are represented. Lord, I pray that men's ministry, which is just ministering to men, your spirit speaking to men, Lord, I pray it would be strong and active. Lord, if it's one event a year or if it's 10 events a year or anywhere in between, God, that, you, that men would know they're loved and cared for and uh, just that we think about them. Lord, that men would come to know you, that families would follow them, and uh, Lord, that many will get to heaven because of this group of leaders that want to reach their men for you. So we love you. Bless the rest of their day. Let them learn a lot and go back with tools to be able to simply say, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start that group. I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to make this tweak and to be encouraged in you. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.